On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Nick Hall from Vita5. Since we recorded the episode, uh, Nick and I have uh, become friends. Nick is absolutely amazing. What they have done in the subscription space is absolutely unreal. Definitely consider him uh, one of the experts uh, in the subscription space. So uh, this episode is for you if you have ever uh, thought about turning your product into a subscription product. Uh, this episode is for you if you just want to learn from an incredible person who has scaled uh, a store just immensely. It's uh, really a great conversation. I think you guys will like this one. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, we are back and I'm here with Nick Hall from Vita5. Nick, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. This is I think this is going to be a great episode. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. Um, I think there's going to be tons of like little nuggets here that our audience can hopefully take away uh, into their e-com brand. So for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am one of the co-founders of Vitify. Me and my business partner started it back. Um, and 2015 was whenever the idea kind of came up. We were juniors at TCU. Uh, always had the idea of running our own business. Uh, really like the idea of the Dollar Shave Club model. Uh, I think a lot of people think that that's like a really attractive model. It was, you know, it went viral online, which really very few companies have done. And so we we're like, oh, we love the idea. So we actually started with a couple of ideas together and then found really quickly that, you know, you got to find something that works for the model right? Like a dollar for razors. You know, I've, I've heard of some companies that are like, well, probably not one of the best acquisitions that uh, they've made with that company. But um, anyways, long story short, we now sell gummy vitamins and eco-friendly packaging. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, it's been, it's been quite a ride. Awesome. Who is the target demo for, for your company? Yeah, ours, you know, in general, in the grocery store is going to be women, right? So for us, we're definitely like the woman, probably maybe I would say like 20 to 45 years old, definitely hitting more of like the millennial age range. Okay. Before we get into your story, I just want to ask a couple, a couple more questions because I, this is not the world that I live in, like in the CPG world where you are. Are there regulations that hinder you from, from getting in places or just ones that you have to get around? Yeah. You know, so everyone always says like, oh, vitamins aren't regulated by the FDA. And it's true, right? Like, so if you go and get whatever drug from CVS, that has to be regulated by FDA. It has to be approved by them, whatever, right? But we still follow the same guidelines as food, right? So for example, you have to be in an FDA facility. Most of the time it's going to be SQF, which for people that don't know that, it's just like, it's a very, very high standard. It's not like you can just okay. have vitamins that are made in you know someone's garage. Like it, that would not fly. You would get shut down so quick. So definitely some regulations still within it, um, making sure that you follow all the guidelines and everything like that. 
Okay. Okay. Interesting. So let's talk about when you started. So this was 2016. I'm imagining, I mean, this is what everybody thinks, right? Hey, I'm going to start this store. Everyone's just going to come to it. I'll run, I'll run a little bit of paid traffic to start and then boom. Exactly. Exactly. Our story. That's exactly like, what happened. Yep. For us, we were 20, <laughs> I think 20, 21 years old at the time when we had first started it. And our first summer, we were like, Hey, do we go work know uh these internships at you know these decent companies that we get a good job after or do we just go ahead and do this ourselves so we kind of got like yeah and i'm not proud to say this but we got kind of big heads about it we're like oh cool we've got you know the next best thing and we're the only ones in school that are really starting something you know there's maybe like two or three people that actually start a company or or at tcu at least i should say so we kind of got big heads and no joke exactly that story was it which we're like well once we launch it people will be on the site if they're looking up going five minutes they'll be on our site and they're just going to convert. And yeah. there was no math on it. I remember we had a presentation and the guy's like, so what's your cost per acquisition going to be? And um, I'm like, eight to $10. And he's like, oh, okay. Like I just said it super confidently. And I was, he was like, wow. Well, sure enough, soon after we found out that that is not like the number just kind of came out of thin air. And so our first- I mean, you day, could have maybe done that in 2016. That would have been possible. Yeah, prob- probably, for sure. With us and the way that we were, probably not because we weren't very smart with the way that we did a lot of things. But it was funny because like our first day we had like, I think it was something like 33 orders our first day and then like five orders our second. So like 33 for us, that was $1,000 in sales. We were like, heck yeah, we are freaking crushing it. We just made $1,000. We're going to do- $750,000 our first year and blah, blah, blah. like we went like crazy and no joke after like a week we were like all right our site's got to be broken but what we didn't realize was that was all family friends like my oh. business partner has a big family and what we didn't realize was that his mom his mom's sisters brothers aunts uncles everyone else was buying and a weekend we're like our site's got to be broken there's no way that no one bought today and yeah. we're looking at all the data and you know for the data that we knew and it was just like horrible like it's exactly the story you said of like we'll run a little bit of paid traffic and oh facebook just isn't tracking our sales but i'm sure we're getting sales then you look and you're like no sales are you sure so it was it was it was pretty rough we had a hundred members which for us that's three thousand dollars a month for like i think it was like six months and we just could not grow because of our site it was awful so obviously we're talking so things have gotten better uh talk to me about what about what happened from there what sort of problems did you end up solving and how did you solve those problems yeah. So in the beginning, we went out there and I would say to this day, one of the most important things that I still find, it sounds like a not productive thing to do, but networking is not only like one of my favorite things to do, like it's really fun just kind of like getting to know other people, but it also is just incredibly useful. So back in the early days, we were not doing much networking or whatever. Like we knew successful business people, but we didn't understand that like, hey, the CPG world is a lot different or direct consumer or retail or any of that stuff. Like we just thought business is business. So like if you could crush it in B2B sales, uh, why would you not be able to do really well on e-commerce? And it just is not the same model. No, and so totally different. <laughs> yeah, it's completely different. And so we were like, uh, went out there and we we're like, all right, we're gonna build a completely custom built site, which anyone that's listening, if anyone ever asked me for advice, the first most important thing I always say is you've got to be on Shopify. Like yeah. if you're gonna build your own site, and I can't tell you how many people have come to me and they're like, Okay, well, we're gonna try this one instead. And three months later, they're like, I know you said that. And I'm like, I'm not trying to like that's not like an I'm not impressed by me knowing that. That's what most everyone else already knows before me. But we spent, I think, $250,000 on our site over the span of two years. Like it would cost us $5,000 to integrate, like sign in with Facebook or, you know, like little things like that. Like what my point is, is like we would have a developer that had to spend, you know, 10 hours at 150 bucks an hour on one little thing. And then it's broken half the time. 
Yeah. And so that was like the biggest thing. And then really like once we figured out our site, Shopify, get the funnel right. I think it was like a nine step funnel at first. Now it's like, you know, two to three step funnel. We really started to figure out like the Facebook as well. Started getting a little bit smarter, worked with a couple of people within the Facebook community, went from a hundred members to over 4,000 members within like six to nine months after that. Wow. But uh, that's definitely a, not that's to be huge discounted. growth. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, I mean, it was awesome. It was really good growth. And you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, but like the cool thing is like our cost per acquisition was reasonable compared to like the amount of profit that we can make. But one thing to always realize is like, we're, we were mainly subscription. And one thing to realize was like the payback period, right? And so this is like more complex in the business sense, but the cash flow was a very important thing. So like, let's say you're getting a customer for $10 and they're worth a hundred. That's great. But if you're making that hundred dollars and it takes you three years, that's a, that's a big deal. I think, I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like for Dollar Shave Club, their cost per acquisition was like $37 and their average cart value was like $6, right? And their churn was like something like 36 months. So like their lifetime value was really good, right? But the only way to grow was like having a massive amount of funding. And if you go yeah. and look at our competitors, Care of, Ritual, they've done just that. And the thing is, it works at that. We didn't want to go that way. So that's when we kind of transitioned into you know, the next phase of the business. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, let's let's talk. I mean, really what I want to focus on today and something we haven't talked about a lot is, is Omnichannel. So we've talked about your site. I mean, for me, Shopify, absolute no brainer. I, when we started our business, when we moved from Etsy over into Shopify, I think it was like 2014 or 2015. Luckily, we just happened to choose Shopify. Like I, yep. nobody, it wasn't, it was not the obvious choice back then at all. But yeah, like absolutely no brainer. Um, let's talk about where you go from there, especially in the CPG world. Where do you go after that? And and, and first of all, can you make the case for an omni-channel approach rather than just selling on your website? Totally, yeah. So like this is uh, this is something that's oversaid. It's probably cliche at this point, but like like Facebook ads are continually getting more and more expensive, right? TikTok will continue to get more expensive. Influencers will continue to get more expensive. And it's like always finding like the channel that is the cheapest, right? And as like a CPG brand, I think that there's a number of things that you can look at, right? There's some people out there that do drop shipping of something that's not even their product. There are some people that do like retail arbitrage. I'm talking more specifically to like brands that want to grow as a brand themselves. Yeah. And, and that's who listens to this, right? We're not yep. into the drop shipping game. We're not into the make money quick game. That's... Exactly. That's not who listens to this podcast. Yep. So like for brands as a whole, I think the most important thing is like, like you want validity as a whole. And then more than likely what a lot of people are looking at right now is getting acquired at some point. And yes. like, that was truly not our goal in the beginning. It's not necessarily our goal right now, but the numbers are just so insane. Like you can just get a ridiculous multiple for the brands and everything. And so- Especially um, with monthly recurring revenue, right? That's where- Exactly. Those, the multiples on those are, are just astronomical. Yep. Yeah, well, and then when you start talking to like the big strategics, like the- Unilever's PNG, Johnson Johnson, yeah. Pfizer, like all those, you're starting to see that like they love the omnichannel approach. And our the reason why we went omnichannel, honestly, was we were very, very gung ho about like we got to stick to direct consumer. Well, we couldn't scale with the reason that I said before of like it's a cash crunch. And so we went from you know doing a hundred customers a month to four thousand, but to get to like five thousand, it was hard because you've got natural churn. And like you can try anything and everything you want, but there's a certain point of churn where like it's all marginal at that point. You know, and uh, you know, numbers that I've heard that are good for subscription businesses in the consumable space is like 10% monthly. You know, like you can get 8% sure, but you're not going to get half a percent. And so the reality is you are going to be losing customers. So you got to grow at a pretty continual rate. So it almost forced us into a different way. So we we're like, okay, we've got this custom pack of your gummy vitamin. 
humans online, how can we kind of differentiate and get out there? Well, we looked at other companies and this is something that I always think is really important. It's just like, look at other competitors or other people in the space. It doesn't have to be like gummy vitamin, gummy vitamin. We did have some people like that, that we looked at like Ollie, Smarty Pants, Zarbies. We looked at some of those and they really went like almost all of those tried to do the subscription side first and failed pretty miserably with them. And so then they jumped into the retail side. Now, later they were able to get the e-commerce side working to a certain extent, but it was not like their first priority. They really went retail. So they raise a little bit of money, they get retail, and then they're getting continual POs and for uh, reordering of the products, which is great. So that was kind of our approach was we're like, hey, the ideal is to get into Target. And so in the first year, we got into like 500 stores. We were in like HEB, V, just some like regional stores throughout the nation. And yeah. then later, actually last year, we signed with Target, Kroger, Walgreens. This year was Rite Aid. And so we are continuing to grow through that. Well, the good thing with that is... Now we've got tens of thousands of customers every month, if not hundreds of thousands of customers that are continually either seeing our brand or trying our brand or yeah. both, right? Obviously. Yeah. And um, with that, then you're getting people that organically come back to the site that are like, hey, oh, cool. I can do a subscription here or whatever. And then add it on, which was just recently, we added on the Amazon side of the business. And that you, you can look at it as just another retailer, just a different way of doing it. But I mean, Amazon is just a great channel. I mean, Amazon does more... As of now, we just started doing it again, but it does more than almost any of our retailers. Wow. Um, and you know, I've heard of people that will have with with Amazon alone will have forty percent of their business there. And I'm talking, they've got like tens of millions of dollars on the retail side. So it's a it's a really really good opportunity to hit all areas. But I do think that all areas are very important for whenever you're talking to these strategics or private equity or whatever. Because the one thing that they figured out is retail. Something that they still to this day are having trouble with is figuring out like the direct consumer. Yeah, 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 totally. So if you can if you can marry those together, so is that is that part of the like somewhere on the horizon is one of those strategic acquisitions from from one of the bigger companies maybe i mean that would be cool that'd be kind of like a cool thing down the line i don't know if that's a three five seven year right now our biggest focus is like hey let's just absolutely crush it and target let's do anything and everything that we can to win on e-commerce and amazon and if we end up getting a hold of them you know i mean are, are we talking strategically yeah for sure right like we, we've got conversations going with people in a very 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 beginning stages right like really just building relationships totally but it is like just preparing us for, hey, if we want to talk to Johnson Johnson, I've got this person, this person that I know I need to talk to. That'll be like on the day of closing, I'll be talking with them. So why not at least introduce myself and stuff like that? But again, like our goal is not, hey, let's sell. Let's just build an awesome brand that is like truly out there to help people just live a lot healthier lives in the easiest way possible. And, you know, with that being said, it's not about necessarily getting more doors. It's more about getting in the hands of people because as people start to take the vitamins, they won't stop taking them. So that's kind of our approach. Cool. That's great. Hey, we're, uh, we're nearing, you know, the Facebook ad apocalypse yep. by the time this comes out. Uh, I mean, next Monday is apparently when it's set for, for when iOS 19.5 yep. comes out and everyone, you know, we, we run a mastermind and, and everyone's freaking out, obviously. Where are you at with all of that? I mean, this is going to be interesting because this is going to be a crystal ball looking backwards. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, for sure. No, it'll be, it'll be interesting to hear what I'm saying today in the future, because I'll probably be saying something completely different. But the good thing is that we're all in the same boat. Like yeah. you yeah, yeah, yeah. are every single company out there is in the same boat. So guess what? If CPMs go up to 50 bucks and no one can get acquisitions, no one's getting acquisitions. It's like, so, so now I think is the big difference of the people that have 
like I'll say it like this, those that are running it in a not super strategic way, or those that have agencies that are just okay, this is really going to show like who are like the innovative, really good marketers versus the ones that are just okay. And I think that, you know, for me, honestly, I'd be more worried as an agency if I didn't feel like fully competent. Mm, so that's, that's kind of my thought, like who knows what'll end up happening. It's really, really hard to tell. Again, that's why we do the omnichannel approach. Like I look at it all as like investment or whatever, like who would have known that so many restaurants could down this last year because of COVID. Like that was very, very eye-opening to me that like truly anything could happen. You could never have, I could have bet you $10,000 to a donut. This world would never shut down. There's no chance yeah. that you could shut something down like that. I and remember sure enough, it did. I remember March 13th, somebody reaching out. I was actually flying across Canada uh, over to Nova mm. Scotia and, and everything was going down. And then we got this message saying that schools were going to be closed after. No, that's right. Spring break had just started, but Alberta was closing down their schools. We're like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. Not schools happen, are closing down. And then now restaurants, like, yeah, you could have never guessed it. And that's why I love diversification like this, right? It's same as in, totally. in investing, right? Like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. You can put all your eggs in that one basket, but why not diversify across all of these channels? Yep. Exactly. And it's, and it's doing it smart. So for us, we've spent a lot of money on Facebook and we've had months where we just don't spend as much. I would say that we've done fairly well at like an omni-channel approach, but there's a lot of people out there that actually make a lot more money than us that just absolutely crush D2C. And then there's other people that just absolutely crush e-com or sorry, uh, retail. And then there's others that just do really, really well on Amazon. And you know what? There's some people out there that are like, Hey, you know what? It is what it is. It's not a big deal. I don't really care. I make enough money. I'm happy. And honestly, all power to them because they're probably going to continue to do well, they're on the you know cutting edge of the next thing. But our approach has always been, hey, you know, we don't want any single account to be more than like 25% of our business because of the amount of risk within it. You know, it's totally. like if Target is if Target's 40% of our business and they cut us tomorrow, are we going to make payroll? Like, are we yeah. even going to be able to stay in business? So, but yeah, that's that's another reason why I think omnichannel is always super super important. Something that we switched to at our brands that we own first, and then at our agency was uh, ROAS stopped being the big pinnacle of everything, mm -hmm. right? ROAS and CPA, because at the end of the day, the reporting is wrong anyway. You know, yep. like it's it's either wrong on the bottom or wrong on the top. Lots of times the agency said, we'll start working with people who have never run anything before, right? Uh, they've never run Facebook ads, they've never run Google ads, and we'll, we'll start with them. And suddenly their revenues doubled and yet Facebook is only taking a small amount. And I know that's not always the case. Sometimes it's Facebook will take too much, but sure, it's, sure. it's really important to know what that North Star metric actually is, right? Is it revenue growth year over year? Is it profitability year over year? Is it whatever that number is, it's really good to have a North Star that is not return on ad spend or CPA because reporting is going to get so bad. I think that's going to be the problem, yep. right? Is that it's not going to be your revenue is probably not going to suffer during this time. People yep. are still there. People are still on the platforms. It's going to be that your reporting sucks. Yeah, and exactly. So and I think there is like a, there is, I think like a, uh, you know, you can dig deeper into that, right? Where it's like, if your reporting sucks, well, Facebook is really, really good at opt for those that end up buying. And so it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how that is. One thing I've heard, and I think it's just super interesting. I don't know if it's from your podcast or from another, or just from talking with buddies. I can't remember exactly, but um, you know, what, what I would think is, is like Amazon now is going to be even more important. And I think Facebook has a really, really good opportunity to really compete against, you know, I mean, like you see the Facebook marketplace and that's a totally different thing, but you know how easy it is for them to like that. They can start selling, you see stuff on Instagram and shopping like that. I think that's now going to be a massive priority for these companies because it's like, well, if you're not going to allow us to track it, we got to figure out a better way. And what's funny yeah. is they'll probably do it even better. Um, but yeah, it is. I'm, it, I'm, I'm Nick, I am so with you. These companies are not stupid. 
talented, right? Mark Zuckerberg is a smart dude and has hired a ton of smart people underneath him. He's not going to let Facebook just suddenly explode. I think think what they're doing right now with with all of us is just tempering our expectations, right? So that when it happens, it's like, oh, Oh, it wasn't that that big of a deal. Exactly. (laughs) Rather than the opposite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nick, I'm, I'm looking at our time right now. I've got to ask you the question that I ask everybody. What is your secret to scaling? Yeah, I think I think for us, to be honest, the biggest thing, and I found it out most recently in the past probably year and a half, is just connecting with people within industry, right? So I'll give you an example. Whenever we first started the business, we didn't know who to talk to. So we just went on Google and searched stuff. And it's a decent way of doing things, right? But you can find so much stuff out there that is just nonsense. I My brother sent me this quote earlier, and I'm going to find it real quick because I thought it was really interesting. One sec here. It is... The best properties are rarely for sale. The best employees are rarely job hunting. The best clients are rarely shopping. The best option is usually off the market. Most people think this means you can't have it. What it really means is you have to go find it and sell it yourself. So, you know, I think all of that is like super true. It's like whenever we work with influencers, those that reach out to us usually are not as good as the ones that we go out and find. But with all that, what a great quote. We're going to, we're going to put that one in the show notes because that's just, it's just so true in every aspect. It totally is. And like, what's, what's helpful for me? I honestly think of this, like, I'm not a big shortcut guy. It's like, if you're going to work out and you want to get in shape, it's so funny. I've got a buddy and he always says this. He's like, you're trying to change your life in 30 days when you've made the same decisions for 30 years. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) It's going to take you a bit of time. It's not going to take you 30 years to fix it. But anyways, long story short, my biggest thing is networking. So Mm. it's something that I absolutely love. It's something that I think is like super, super important, but like I'm connected with some people that are like direct competitors to us. I'm talking, Mm. they sell the exact same gummy vitamin as us. And you're like, wait, why would you do that? First off, I think there's enough room in the market. We share our secrets and we help each other out. The reality is the execution is a lot harder than just a high level of what we're telling each other. And what's really cool is like over the weekend, I'm looking for a new company to help us with Amazon. We've done really well so far ourselves, but I think it's time that we either outsource or either learn ourselves. And I didn't know which way to go. So I call up three or four people that run some of the top Amazon companies, the number one supplements brand, the number one pet supplements, the number one keto company, and one of the top like sports uh, supplements, protein, stuff like that on Amazon. I text all of them and I say, Hey, I'm trying to figure out a couple of things. I'm trying to figure out, do I do uh, my Amazon in-house or do I outsource? If I outsource, who do I use? And I got references from all of them. And I said, Can you give me your lowdown on that stuff? Within, I mean, 30 minutes, I had four people I was talking to on Monday morning, intros to all of them. And the reality is all of them are great because they're the best in the, they're the best at Amazon. So to me, like that right there is a cheat code because what I used to do is I used to go out there and be like, oh, this person's really, really good because he has really good marketing or whatever it may be. And now that I'm able to connect with all these people, which is super easy, it's just a matter of doing it. Now I can pretty much get the, the answer right away as to, hey, this big company has been using this. And these are the reasons why. And obviously you still have to choose, right? I got four different references. I still have to make the decision at the end of the day, yep. but I feel really, really confident with my choice. Awesome. That is a that is so great. Thank you for saying that because networking is, is absolutely essential. I mean, that's essentially what podcasting is, plus all of you guys listening, <laughs> you know? Exactly. We, we really started our podcast 200 and whatever episodes ago just to network with other e-com owners. That was really what yep. it was about. It was like, hey, let's have com- these conversations and maybe people will listen. And now lots of people listen. So that's cool. <laughs> well, and like, honestly, I use podcasts as like my first thing that I go to because I'm like, first off, can listen to it whenever, wherever. I can listen to it at one time speed or two times speed or whatever, four times speed, whatever they let you go to now. I don't, but <laughs> then you can hear like, I mean, like on your show, it's like, I can consistently go back and it's like Shopify, 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 Shopify. 
Shopify, Shopify. Okay. That has been said by enough successful e-commerce sellers. That's probably the answer. Sure. Do your research yourself, make sure it fits or whatever, but I can almost guarantee you that that's a very important thing. And I mean, you see it through everything, right? Like if there's a finance person or an operations person or company or whatever, you see that stuff consistently. It's like, there may be some truth to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick, if you have listened to this podcast, you'll know where I'm going next. I've got three more questions for you. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. Favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Ooh, probably Asana. Oh, you guys are Asana users. We are. Uh, people see CRM. Generally, it makes it like puts uh, an idea in my mind of, of who they are. I think of like an, an Asana user is more detail oriented. They yep. really need to get into the into the weeds of things. Is that true? Oh yeah, I, th- I think so. One thing I would say with tools, I'm a big 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 person. This is not this is not a compliment to myself. It's actually the opposite of always trying new tools because I think the new tool will be the solution, right? Like tools are supposed to make your lives easier. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm always like, oh, let me use this tool. Let me use this software. Let me do this. One thing I will say. I think I'm finally learning it. I will for sure make this mistake again, but the tool has to be used is the thing. And so it's like, totally. if you don't use the tool, then it doesn't work. So like whether it's Trello, Asana, Notion or whatever, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, totally detail is like huge for me. Yeah, that's great. Favorite podcast or audio book that you're listening to right now? I am... A big fan of the Craig Rochelle leadership podcast okay. and his his church podcast. So Christian in nature, Craig Rochelle. Yeah, he has a really, really good leadership podcast. There's a lot of people out there that like are not big fans of churches and stuff. I actually got kind of pushed away from church whenever I was younger because you know, you hear a lot of stuff about like, oh, we need money, we need money. Then you see stuff about like certain churches that are just like, you know, I don't think doing things for like the glory of God, but like this church is like truly amazing. If you're like, Hey, I don't care about Christianity, whatever. Totally cool. Check out his leadership podcast though. Cool. It just has like really, really, really just like, it's something I am totally a 1.75 X listener on podcast. I cannot listen to it faster than one X speed because it is like thing after thing, after thing, after thing that are just like, dang, like it is just so well said. So awesome. Probably awesome. one well, of my that's, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write that one down for later. Uh, for last sure. question for you. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, they have to be alive, uh, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine. Uh, who would it be? Um, it would probably be, if it's not my fiance, it'd probably be Craig Rochelle. So okay. super, super big fan. I just think I look at people and most everyone I can look at and say, I, I, I think that they do this really well. For instance, like you do business really well, or you do working out really well, or you are really good with your family. But I truly think, and from everyone I've ever talked to, Craig Rochelle has just nailed it on every single aspect mm. from what you can see on the public, at least, and, and what you hear from behind closed doors. So that would probably be him. Nick, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This was awesome. Where can people connect with you and with your brand? Yeah, for me, uh, LinkedIn's always easy, my favorite place to be. And then brand vita5.com. We're pretty much on all, all social platforms. So yeah, would love to hear from people if they have any any thoughts, ideas, or whatever. I'm I'm always up to connect people that are doing better than us, worse than us, anything. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate it. We'll stay in touch. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. 
This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.